You are about to hear the most interesting, informative, thought-provoking, opinion-leading, and funny show in America, on air and on the World Wide Web. This is The Rob Carson Show. This is The Rob Carson Show, and I am not sitting in a pair of uh, sweatpants and a t-shirt in my home studio, as I normally do. (laughs) I had to get cleaned up. No, I never wear sweatpants and... I mean, I, I don't get dressed up, but it, no, we're in New Hampshire. We're in New Hampshire. And we are broadcasting live from the Pulse of New Hampshire and uh, was on with Jack Heath this morning. We have somebody in the studio, Vivek Ramaswamy. Got to get this right away because he's in a hurry. But Vivek Ramaswamy, welcome to the show. You are the only, uh, uh, I think the only other than Trump, America first candidate in the race so far. I appreciate that because it is a movement. America first is bigger than Donald Trump. It is bigger than me. It is about the people of this country. And I respect the heck out of Donald Trump, and I'm not going to sit here and trash him like many other people want me to do. I think his election in 2016 was a super important milestone in this country in stopping the inevitable march of the left. But I'm in this race to take that agenda to the next level. The wall, we built the wall, that's great, but they're building tunnels underneath that wall. I've said I want to use the U.S. military to close those southern border Swiss cheese of holes. That's what we're going to do. Or take the U.S. Department of Education. He put a good person on top of it, Betsy DeVos, but the right answer is we have to now take the next step and shut it down. And so for me, this is about what are we running to? We've been running from something for a long time as conservatives. What are we running to? And I think that means we have to revive our national identity. Well, and I agree. And uh, one of the things that the left has been uh, uh, allowed to do, and I like to call them the class of 1968. They were the, yep. There's a class of 1968. Uh, Barack Obama was the first progeny of that class. Hmm. The parents were Bill Ayers, Dur- Bernadine Dorn, and that ilk of boomer leftist, mm-hmm. communists. They brought that to the table. Obama was the first progeny of that. And then the millennials were the first group of people who went through that indoctrination fully from primary school through college. That's what we're fighting against right now. That's exactly right. But I think they really have overreached, particularly with with a Gen Z, uh, with regard to COVID restrictions and all of this nonsense CRT. And I think we're going to see a burgeoning return to uh, the country has founded freedom of speech, etc. And, and, and that's where I think you're, you're hitting, out, hitting out of the ballpark. Well, I think young people have that revolutionary spirit in them. Yeah. And I am personally optimistic. We're on the hair's trigger of a national revival where you have a government for the last few years have said the people cannot be trusted with the truth. We need to to tell them noble lies about COVID-19 and the origin of the pandemic. We need to tell them lies about the Hunter Biden laptop story or the collusion or the corruption. We must lie about government technology censorship. We have to lie and hide that Nashville transgender shooters manifesto. A government that repeatedly lies to its people. And I think that we're in a moment where we the people are saying, you know what? We can handle the truth. Mm -hmm. And that is what this campaign is all about. Standing up for the truth without apology. What are you going to do about the uh, the uh, the organizations that sponsored government censorship? The the there was a censorship industrial complex. We know that oh, yes. from the Twitter files, etc. What are you going to do? And I'm not just about disbanding it. What are you going to do about holding people responsible for yes. these abuses? So one of the things I've said is on day one, I'll have a directive across the executive branch. Any time a member of the federal bureaucracy has pressured a private actor like a company to do something that the government couldn't do directly, 
such as censoring speech, we will publish it. We will roll that log over and see what crawls out. My job is then to bring the past aside, deliver accountability. The next time a government leader like Anthony Fauci or Merrick Garland or James Comey reaches beyond their legally ordained scope, we have to fire them. Fire the managerial industrial complex around them. Fire the legions of people under them. And if there are legal violations, hold them accountable in the same way that any other government bureaucrat who broke the law would be held accountable as well. That is the path to truth. The path to truth runs through transparency. Yes. We have to revive that transparency. Mm-hmm. Right now we have a government that almost it's, it's native instinct. It's like it's muscle memory is to hide whatever it is that comes out. Yeah. My impulse is the opposite. Make it apparent to the public that's how we rebuild trust. You um, you mentioned an American revolution, and I and I believe we're under that. I think we <clears throat> we are at a pre-revolutionary period. I've, I've talked about this for a while. Um, I believe that the uh, we we are going to return to common sense from nonsense, and that's what we've been told to believe. Nonsense. Uh, I don't know what the reasoning was behind uh, that. I I believe it was based in Maoist politics. It's fairly clear, but I think the American people have had uh, enough of it. Let me ask you this question: um, You are in uh, a hyphenated American. Mm. And I normally don't like to hyphenate Americans. I don't either. But I have always been amazed by the successes of the Indian people coming here as a template for uh, creating greatness in a country other than their country of origin and becoming Americans and recognizing the pride of that. Mm -hmm. Why does Kamala Harris not recognize uh, the fact that she is the first Indian American vice president? It's because she's ashamed and afraid to do it. Here's why. She would rather call herself a black woman because that's a victimhood currency that pays off. Yes. Victimhood has become a currency in the United States of America. It's like a bubble. When that currency is trading at an all-time high, you try to cash it in. Would she have gotten that job if she weren't black American? No doubt about it. The answer is no. Yeah. Voters didn't want her. She hasn't achieved anything meritocratically before. But wielding your identity politics status as a weapon, as a currency to get ahead, that's become the habit in this country. And that's not good for black people. It's not good for Indian people. It's not good for white Americans. It's bad for all of us. We should see one another once again, not on the color of our skin, but on the content of our character. Get ahead in this country based on a colorblind meritocracy. That's what I want to restore. And the funny thing is, and I've noticed this, it's, it's interesting, Rob, is now people say that's actually colorblindness itself is racist. Of course it is. Think of how far we've come. But do you know, that's why they, they always claim you're an ist or an ob, uh, you have an obia or whatever when yeah. they want to shut you down. That's it. Shut uh, up, we, sit down, do as you're told. That's you the much. mantra of our time. But I just think that uh, I think it's a, a real tragedy. It was a real opportunity. I remember when Donald Trump was a president, he filled a, a stadium with Indian Americans there to mm-hmm. see the uh, prime minister. And and uh, and there was, I, I think that uh, we need to uh, go back to that, that uh, uh, you know, see America, and for lack of a better cliche, the uh, shining city on the hill. And yes. I still think it exists, that it exists in the hearts of people who want to come here. <laughs> Unfortunately, the left has uh, derided the, the country so badly uh, that uh, that we've forgotten about the, you know, the successes of But of we people. can remember it again, yeah. right? It's, we call it the American dream for a reason. Yeah. I feel like we're in this zone where we woke up from that dream. And when you wake up from a dream, you forget what it was about, but you still remember what it felt like. At least you do for a little bit. That's where I think we are in our national life. We remember that. Don't let it disappear. No. This is our moment. We don't have a lot of time to work with. This is what gives me my sense of urgency 
I'm 37. Yes, I'm young, but I have a sense of urgency to do this now. Yeah. Especially for young Americans yeah. who have lost their national identity, and I still think we can revive it if we if we proceed with clarity and urgency. And that's what I'm bringing to the table. We have uh, spent too much time focusing on the one guy kneeling during the anthem, not the 65,000 who stand yes. for it. Uh, and and, and I'm, I'm, perf- I'm perfectly fine. Of course, uh, you know, offensive speech is the the speech we need to protect because it's the you know. The, but but honestly, we focus too much time on the Kaepernicks and the whatevers, and not on the people who weep when they see the national or hear the national anthem. Then then I think that we're getting, we can leave that behind. Uh, you just real quick, I want to wrap this because I know you're busy. Uh, but we had this conversation about. Um, how grateful, despite the turmoil in the country, I am to witness this, to witness this uncovering of this deep state, to witness the malfeasance of the press and all of these things. I, I, it is painful, but I feel like the last three or four years, all of this has been presented to us, and, and we are witnessing uh, a transformation because of it. So I feel grateful, despite oh. all the BS and the indictments and the whatever, that at least the left is exposing their plan, laying it bare so we can beat it. And you know what? That's an optimistic way to look at this that I share with young people. Imagine what it would have been like to be alive in this country in spring of 1776, right? The founding fathers, Thomas Jefferson, was in his mid-20s when he sat down to write the Declaration of Independence. Think about that. A guy in his 20s wrote the greatest mission statement for a nation in human history. So so think about this as, as Thomas Jefferson. I tell, remind young people of this all the time. He was in his 20s, in his mid-20s, when he wrote the Declaration of Independence, the greatest mission statement known to mankind. And the funny thing is he actually, you and I are sitting on swivel chairs. <laughs> Thomas Jefferson literally invented the swivel chair while he was writing the Declaration well, of Independence. Well, I am sitting on history right you now. You really Thank are. You very much. <laughs> and what a special time to be alive now. Yeah. Because yeah. it is one of those moments where, yes, there's a lot of reasons for despair, just like our founding fathers had back then. But I think we live in a special moment. And again, I think that's the choice we face in this election, even in this GOP primary. Do you want reform or do you want revolution? And I stand on the side of the American Revolution. It is a special time to be alive if we open our eyes and see it that way. Mm-hmm. And then act accordingly to revive those ideals. So uh, I've heard you already asked about uh, possibly if you would would you consider a VP? Blah blah blah. We've already been there. I'm not going to ask you that question. Uh, but when you're considering a vice president, um, yeah, obviously everybody says, "Well, we got to get South Carolina. We got to get this state. We got to." I have a feeling you're not going to uh, steer that direction. You'll see the positives of bringing, but you also need that ideology. What is the kind of person? What are the what are the things that you must hear from a potential vice presidential? The first thing is they share my vision. They must, whoever those candidates are, and we're starting to think about it, they're going to have to share my vision of radical reform in this country, not incremental reform. Gutting the administrative state is the top domestic priority. Declaring independence from our enemy, communist China, is my top foreign policy priority. They're going to have to have both deep knowledge of how to get those things done, as well as, and this is important, a deep commitment to getting those things done. I think this is a president. This is a mistake that many presidents make is they think they have to get somebody who will help them get a few extra votes, but they don't actually have deep alignment Mm -hmm. with that vice president. I look at it the other way around. I want somebody who has deep alignment in my pro-American vision without apologizing for it. And personally, I think the way we unite this country is not through compromising on our principles. It is by being uncompromising 
about the principles that make us American. And that's why I'm in this race. I uh, Finally, I, I've quoted this many times because I've seen the direction of, uh, of uh, what people are thinking. And 74% of the American people believe the country is going in the wrong direction. There's only one reason for that. It's the man in the White House and the people in charge who are pulling the strings. That's it. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, what's going to happen to him? Uh, who do you suppose is going to be? Do, do you think you're going to be running against Joe Biden? I do not. I think okay. I'm going to be running against Gavin Newsom or Michelle Obama or the next puppet they trot okay. along. Okay. How are you going to appeal to Democrat voters? I say 74% believe the country is yep. going the wrong direction. It means 74% would come together to save her. I agree with that. How do you how do you grab those Democrats who who are Trump haters? They look at the Republican as Trump party. How do you bring them, them well, across? Here's the thing. I'm saying many of the same things that Trump is saying. I'm going further in some cases. But I'm not driving 30% of this country into psychiatric illness. And that's going to be an advantage. I think my age works in that favor. My story, the fact that I'm a first-generation American who's lived the American dream, those things work in my favor, and I'm going to use them. One of the things, Rob, we're seeing in this campaign is, get this, 40% of the 70,000 donors we have are first-time ever donors to the GOP of any kind. For a normal Republican, that number is 2%. So when I'm on the campaign trail, I don't talk about Republicans and Democrats. I don't. In fact, I think we have a lot of rot in the Republican Party itself, if we're to be honest about this. I talk about whether we are pro-American. Do we stand for those 1776 ideals? Do we stand for the ideals this nation was founded on? Or are you like Kamala Harris, for example, fundamentally anti-American? Do you wish to apologize for a nation founded on those ideals? And if you divide it up that way, it is easily 80-20 in our favor. Amen. And half the 20 are people younger than me who never learned those ideals in the first place. We're going to bring them along, too, and deliver a landslide like Ronald Reagan did in 1980. That's what I'm delivering in 2024. I appreciate your time today. It's been a real pleasure to, to meet you, actually. Yeah. Really, really. I've been wanting to talk to you for a long time, and, and you have, uh, you have uh, absolutely solidified how I thought about you, and, uh, and, I, and I believe you're very, very sincere, uh, more so than many uh, politicians I've met in the past. So I wish you the very best, sir. Thank I you. appreciate that. It's good Absolutely. to be here in person. You bet. All right, guys. So that is uh, Vivek Ramaswamy. I have uh, some interviews today I want to share with you from New Hampshire, including, are you ready for this? Mike Pence. I know I'm going to interview Mike Pence. Also, Nikki Haley as well as we take in the sights and sounds of New Hampshire. And also, your phone calls are welcome here, guys. What did you think of Vivek? 800-922-6680. My thoughts on meeting the man, spending the last couple of hours with uh, Mr. Ramaswamy. And then uh, much more coming up. You are listening, my friends, to The Rob Carson Show live in New Hampshire. Hi, it's Tony Marino, host of the Newsmax Daily Podcast, your daily news bulletin of Newsmax's top headlines, along with commentary from our hosts and experts. You can learn more about all of the free podcasts, including Newsmax Daily, Rob Carson, and Jerry Callahan at Newsmax.com slash listen. This is the Rob Carson Show. We are broadcasting live from uh, New Hampshire, the Pulse of New Hampshire, WTSN, WTPL, and WEMJ. This is uh, my first time in uh, the state of New Hampshire. I haven't had a chance to see much of it. Um, I came in yesterday, uh, much delays uh, flying out of the Kansas City area, and uh, and then arriving last night. And uh, I have been in the studio here for uh, a number of uh, hours. It's interesting. It's, it's a beautiful facility. It's in an old elementary school. 
And they made it into this uh, broadcast uh, haven. And and I'm going to tell you, the show is uh, is is about the candidates today. The show is about the primary process. Uh, obviously, there is much to get to with regard to news this afternoon. We know that Donald Trump is going to be indicted. We know that that is, uh, I know in my heart, of course, it's another uh, specious attempt to keep him from running. And it's going to fall on its face. I actually am glad that I had the day off yesterday to travel because uh, I was uh, really pissed off. (laughs) Really, really, really mad. And then I got a chance to, I was watching MSNBC this morning, and despite all of the the seven years of of nonsense and falderall and and millions, I mean, $30, $50 million spent to try to take Donald Trump down with the uh, the Durham probe and the Mueller report and all of that and, and all of this, and here we come to yesterday, and it's like none of that ever happened on MSNBC. It's like none of it ever happened. Oh, my God, we've got Donald Trump this time. I mean, this is, and you've been wrong every time. It's the same thing about end-of-world predictions. You know, the one thing that end-of-world predictions have in common? Uh, none of them have come true. And I got to tell you, I, uh, I didn't want to spend a lot of time on it because it's nonsense. Obviously, we have to address it. But you know, as well as I do, that clearly this is part of a political witch hunt of the person who the deep state is most afraid of. Now, you just heard Vivek Ramaswamy, and he is as impressive as I thought he would be. I knew that Vivek Ramaswamy was going to be amazing when I met him. Now, does this make me a Ramaswamy voter? No, 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 not this election cycle. I've made very clear who my intentions are to vote for Donald Trump because I uh, believe that, that he... He is owed a second term. That's part of it. I also think he is the best solution to dissembling the deep state in Washington, D.C. I also think that uh, there are a lot of people in this country, tens of millions, who want, uh, they want to, uh, they want payback for what they've been through. They want payback for the abuses and usurpations. Donald Trump likes to use the the line, I'm your, uh, I am a retribution. It's not about revenge. It's not about anger, although there's a lot of anger. But it is about making, holding those accountable for malfeasance, whether that be uh, lying to people or uh, shutting down freedom of speech or using the Justice Department as a weapon against political candidates uh, who are the opposite of who are in power right now, the Democrat Party. But I'm going to tell you, uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, uh, and, and, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on, uh, on that, 800-922-6680. If this were any other year, if this were any other year, if this were a normal primary year, and I, and I was talking to Jack Heath, the, uh, uh, the main guy here at the Pulse of New Hampshire, who has his, his uh, finger on the pulse of the country and the voters in New Hampshire. And and even he uh, believes that we are ready for a revolution. Um, and, and Ramaswamy, I got to tell you, if it were any other year than this, and, and Jack also, he admits this is a different—everything's out the window. Because the Democrat Party is betting now with Joe Biden. The Republican Party has a giant field of people— But they've got Donald Trump, and Donald Trump is not a candidate. He's a movement. He is a movement. 
So we're going to be talking to Nikki Haley here very shortly, an interview I recorded earlier. I want you to hear what she had to say. Your calls are welcome at 800-922-6680. This is The Rob Carson Show, broadcasting live from New Hampshire. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Information. Truth. Is freedom. Is Newsmax. It's real news for real people. And the number is 800-922-6680. The uh, Rob Carson Show, broadcasting from the Pulse of New Hampshire in Concord. We're in Concord, New Hampshire, my first uh, my first time visiting New Hampshire. And um, I had the opportunity to hang out with uh, Jack Heath, who is the uh, the voice of the Pulse of the New Hampshire. He's uh, plugged into New Hampshire politics like no one that I've ever uh, uh, listened to speak before. And I, I just, it's so refreshing to see an electorate so involved as uh, as they are in New Hampshire. And I was talking to my, my friend Lee, who's my boss, about that uh, this is traditional liberalism. The, the, the ability to be able to listen, to be able to share your opinion, to be able to uh, hear the opinions of others, even when you disagree, that is traditional liberalism. But unfortunately, liberals decided uh, 35 years ago plus that liberal no longer meant open-minded. It meant to shut down your opponent at all costs, and we're seeing that right now with the persecution of Donald Trump. Uh, They are not interested in having an even fight. They are not interested in having a political discussion. They are only interested in, because they have no chance of winning over the hearts and minds of Americans on issues, on common sense, so they have to use the government, they have to use the DOJ, to shut down and destroy the opposition. That's what we are witnessing once again with this indictment by uh, Jack Smith. It's another instance, and we've, we've seen this before. It's all, it is all tied to the news cycle. It is all tied to whatever is discovered about a Biden family criminality. It, it's a timeline. It has happened like clockwork. There is no doubt about it. And as much as MSNBC and CNN would like to feast on this latest indictment is somehow being different than all of the rest, if anything, it's much weaker. Because it is uh, based on the premise that Donald Trump knew that he lost the election and still tried to overturn the results. Uh, Donald Trump believes the election was fraudulent, as do 99% of his his, uh, voters. I'm just saying that. I'm just saying it. Uh, and so, as far as uh, as Donald Trump believing or not believing that he uh, he uh, he lost, he of course believes he won. So, uh, try to show some tape of Donald Trump saying, "Yeah, you know, I lost, but I'm going to fight anyway." Now, just just try to find it. 
it's one of the many uh, the many, and and it was it was interesting. We talked to Mike Pence earlier today, and I'm going to share the interview after the top of the hour with Mike Pence and and Mike Pence. Uh, uh, political differences aside, um, I, I profoundly disagree with Mike Pence. Uh, I believe Mike Pence is a uh, traditional uh, Paul Ryan Republican. Uh, I, I believe the same of uh, some of the other candidates. Obviously, all of the candidates, I believe, uh, with regard to the Republican field, other than Vivek Ramaswamy, who we spoke to a little while ago. I think they would be very content with getting the office of the presidency and continuing business as usual as the Republican Party has done. I think that you you would see some differences. I think Nikki Haley would, would change some things. She'd go after some agencies. I believe there would be some of that. But I believe as far as... Um, I'm doing a lot of believing. Uh, as far as uh, what I believe is the, the future of the GOP is not with the Paul Ryan wing of the GOP. It's not with the... Uh, the, the uh, I'm trying to remember some of the other people who've been involved with uh, the GOP, but 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 the GOP is not is changed. It's changed forever, and if uh, it's changed to become an America First uh, party, uh, it's 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 we're never going back to the oh let's just talk about saving Social Security or let's just talk about this issue. All of the things that Washington D.C. says it's going to fix, but never does, and uh, the GOP is not going to go back to that. So I don't believe that uh, candidates like Mike Pence uh, stand a chance. And it's, it should be fairly obvious. Look at how he's polling now. But we, we, we gave him the mic a little while ago. We're going to give it to him. Uh, you'll, you'll hear that interview a little after the top of the hour. I do want to go to the Nikki Haley interview we did this morning. We're talking to Nikki Haley about uh, the fact that all the talk right now and, and through the primary process is going to be about Donald Trump. There's there's no doubt about that because of, uh, you know, the 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 mainstream media, the DOJ, they're targeting him. And so it's going to be how does she cut through that? Here's what she had to say. I'll just play the rest of this. You're going to hear Jackie as part of the interview as well. But how does she cut through the fact that Donald Trump is going to be the center of attention here on out? Well, I think, first of all, you know, if you are trying to earn the support of the people in the Granite State, you have to show up and you know, you can't go and, and win their support if you're absent. And I think that Donald Trump needs to be on the debate stage. You know, you can't go and criticize Biden for not debating Kennedy when Trump's saying he's not going to debate us. I think, it, you know, this is a new election. It's a different time. Um, I think he's got to show up. You know, I've been one to say he was the right president at the right time. I don't think he's the right person to go forward and carry our country forward. So I think that he needs to be up there and and show why he can be and talk about what he's going to do. You know, we've heard him talk a lot about the past. We need to hear him talk about the future. And I haven't heard that yet. Uh, Nikki, this is Rob Carson. It's it's a pleasure to to talk to you finally. Uh, I've been following uh, the politics for a number of years. Let me ask you this. If Donald Trump is not on the stage, how much time should he be devoted to talking about Donald Trump and the issues that he faces versus the issues that the country faces and how you're going to change the country from what Joe Biden has done to it? Yeah, that's a great question because, you know, unlike the other candidates, I didn't rush out with a statement yesterday on Trump's indictment for one simple reason. Like most Americans, I'm tired of commenting on every Trump drama. I've lost track of whether this indictment is the third, fourth, or the fifth. We should be focusing on how to stop China. We should be focusing on how to close the border. We need to be reversing Bidenomics. Putting a 77-year-old former president in prison doesn't do any of that. 
we've got to move on already. And, you know, I've said that January 6th was a terrible day. I've also said that Donald Trump bears some responsibility for what happened. But Trump didn't attack the Capitol. It's not a crime to say that you think an election was stolen. He he should not be prosecuted for that. I think the Justice Department has become way too political. We see that with how they're letting Biden off and how hard they're coming on Trump. And I think that's the reason we need to talk about it. So I talk about I hope that what we're talking about are how we go forward, the things that we need to do to get our country back on track. That's the focus. And we've got issues, whether it's the debt and inflation, whether it's the lack Mm -hmm. of transparency in schools, whether it's high crime, whether it's an open border, or whether it's the national security threats that we're facing from China. Those are the things we should be talking about on the debate stage. And and Governor Jack here, real quickly, you talk about the Department of Justice. I've said on my show and some commentary, but I'm out running for president, and I respect you for that. Uh, Merrick Garland, the DOJ, all the noise and reacting to Trump, 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 and I don't know how CNN gets through a day now. It's going to be talk about the Trump Chiron and the news stories after tonight. It'll be all day tomorrow. But do you think Merrick Garland should be the attorney general? Do you think there are credibility questions with the DOJ? The American people no longer trust the Department of Justice. The American people no longer just trust the intelligence agencies. We have to replace the heads of every agency, but we've got to replace all of senior management. You know, when I was governor, we went into, as governor, I replaced the head of every agency, but I sent people into every agency to clean it up, to get rid of bureaucracy, to get rid of red tape, but to also get rid of problem children. And in some cases, we tweaked agencies. In other cases, we gutted agencies. I fully expect to do that as president as well. But the Department of Justice has lost all trust. And because of that, it warrants the fact that we have to seriously make revisions to that agency. Let me ask you, this is Rob Carson again, by the way. What about the rest of the deep state? Um, I would venture to say that uh, the uh, the Justice Department is the tip of the spear. I would also say that people distrust a lot of other agencies with regard to the government. And I think we also have seen how these agencies have abused the First Amendment, among other things. What would you do with regard to the federal government, what what would be uh, would you be would you be uh, up for downsizing some of these agencies dramatically and and eliminating some of them and returning to the power to the states? What I'm going to do is make sure that we simplify the federal government. What I mean by that is let's push all of those things down to the state. So think education, think health care, think benefits, think welfare, all of those things. Presidents typically meet with their governors once a year. I'm going to meet with our governors, Republican and Democrat, once a quarter with the sole goal of reducing the size of the federal government and giving it to the states. I think we need to have vocational classes back in our high schools. The vocational classes in in South (laughs) Carolina would be... would be what very different than, <laughs> than the vocational classes in California. Yeah, so yeah. if we send the money down, states can decide that. When it comes to welfare, let each state decide welfare benefits. Don't have that come from D.C. When it comes to education, send those dollars down to the states and let them handle that. So you're going to see me really reduce the size of the federal government and empower the people in right. every state. That's what we have to do. Governor Nikki Haley, on your way to New Hampshire next week, I just want to ask you and thank you for joining us as our first uh, live presidential 2024, hopeful live in our primary primer. Good morning, New Hampshire, the Pulse of an Edge. Governor, you, unlike some of your competitors on that stage now, as this field on the Republican side grows, China, Tehran, Ukraine, Vladimir Putin, you have that background as ambassador to the United Nations in the in the Trump era or administration. I presume you're running for the top spot in the Republican race here to be the nominee. 
But presuming, and some people would say that this is Trump's primary to lose, regardless of all the legal distractions, if Donald Trump were to be the nominee again, and that could happen, it may not. Governor Sununu here doesn't think it will, but if it did, um, and he's moving on, and if he were to get reelected in 2024, and we don't know, that's like predicting the uh, Super Bowl right now of football, would you consider a role in this administration if it was a Trump administration again or not, or are you just running just for president? I mean, Jack, I don't play for a second. I've never played for a second. I'm not going to start now. What I'll tell you is there is no one else on the debate stage who's had to actually negotiate with these countries the way I have. I know the threats of China. America's asleep at the wheel. You basically have China. They're buying up our U.S. soil um, and, and primarily but near our military installations. They're basically lobbying through Chinese front companies, our members of Congress. They're giving millions of dollars to our universities to steal our research and to go put Chinese propaganda out there. They are sending fentanyl. We've had more people die from fentanyl than the Afghanistan, Iraq, or Vietnam wars combined, and China knows exactly what they're doing when they're doing that. They're modernizing their military. I mean, we now see they have the largest naval fleet in the world. They have 350 ships. They'll have 400 in two years. We won't even have 350 in two decades. I mean, think about all that China is doing to infiltrate Mm -hmm. our country. While America keeps thinking they're going to deal with China tomorrow, We've got it. China's dealing with us today. We've got to start taking them on. We've got to start being strong about that. We've got some serious issues, whether it's China, whether it's Russia, whether it's Iran, whether it's North Korea. We need someone who understands it's got to be tough with these countries, and you've got to let them know what we expect of them and stop being reactionary. Governor Nikki Haley, thanks for uh, being our first candidate out of the gate. Uh, See you in New Hampshire next week. Former Governor of South Carolina, Republican presidential hopeful. Thank you. Go to NikkiHaley.com and join us. All right, there you go. That is the uh, interview we recorded with Nikki Haley earlier today. And if you listen to some of her positions with regard to China and whatnot, I don't believe she'd be taking that position had Donald Trump not been the president of the United States and, and is, uh, is a candidate right now. That's one of the reasons why. Uh, in any other year, what she's saying might resonate with people. Uh, clearly, uh, some of the things that she said were right. Is she the right person right now? No. She says that Donald Trump is not the right person right now. Uh, how is she? <laughs> you know, considering what the country is going through. But it was a, it was a real pleasure uh, being able to talk to her. Uh, if you'd like to talk about any of this, 800-922-6680. Again, we are broadcasting live from uh, New Hampshire, the uh, capital of uh, New Hampshire, which kind of reminds me a little bit of uh, Annapolis, kind of, except for it's more, uh, there's no ocean nearby. It's, uh, it's a quaint, wonderful little town uh, and uh, with a lot of very, very educated and involved uh, political uh, individuals. Uh, they, they take their politics very seriously. I do too, when I'm not making fun of it. Let's take a break and come back. You are listening to The Rob Carson Show. This, my friends, is a special edition of The Rob Carson Show, but aren't they all special? We're broadcasting live from the Pulse of New Hampshire in Concord, New Hampshire, my very first time. Uh, visiting New Hampshire, and I'm uh, I'm really enjoying it. Really, really enjoying it. And I believe we have uh, a New Hampshire resident on the phone, uh, Bill in New Hampshire. Welcome to the Rob Carson Show. How are you, sir? I'm fine, thank you. How are you today, bud? I'm I'm glorious. I was I was trying to figure out when I was here last night. Wh- what do you, where do you eat in Concord? What's Concord known for? And I and I didn't get any answer. But I'm gonna I'm gonna get. I, I assume seafood is probably big around here. Uh, I'll have to I'll have to. Exp- 
over near the ocean, seafood is yeah, popular. Of course. of course. Where do you live, my friend? Where do you live? I, I live six miles north of where you're broadcasting from right now. Oh, excellent. I'll meet you for a cocktail later. <laughs> no, sorry, I don't drink. <laughs> Neither do I. <laughs> It'd be the most boring happy hour ever. So what are your thoughts? You say you're a Trump supporter. Yes, sir. All the okay. way. I, I share yeah. your views about Donald Trump, and I believe yeah. that President Trump never even had his first chance in office. Yes. Everything he tried to do, he was stopped immediately, yeah. although he had awesome ideas. He came into office. He dropped gas prices immediately. Yeah. Inflation wasn't an issue. You know, he was on top of all the issues, all the top issues that Americans stand for. He said, I'm going to build that wall, and he made sure all the wall petitions are in Texas, ready to be erected, stood up in a line. Yeah. So we would have never had the problem of, in, of all these immigrants flowing into our country if they had just followed his lead and put the wall in place. And, and I'm going to also mention he was also the first outsider we've seen in Washington, D.C. for a number of years, and he was surrounded by a pack of wolves. He was surrounded by a pack of wolves, every one of them attempting in concert with the mainstream media to take him down at every step of the way. And he still accomplished everything until the election year when they literally created 2020 of whole cloth to throw things. Right. Yes, sir. He sure did. But, you know, now there's another issue that most American taxpayers never even understand. He went into the White House and he never took his salary. But now, all right, I understand that. That's a very key thing. You work four years for the country, and you're doing it for the love of the country, but not to take your salary. But then his son said the most important point. My dad had to pay taxes for all that money he never received. Yeah. And you, you know, know what? He, he paid to be the president. He he literally paid. And and the guy had so many morals that this country just is losing. You know, he stood up and he said, I am your American president. I speak for you. In God we trust, and the flag should be put back in classrooms so that children understand that this country is very important for their future. And he wasn't lying. He was telling it the way it is. And, And another thing about Donald Trump is the only thing that has kept Donald Trump from being discarded into the waste bin of history is, A, he's got enough money to defend himself to the tune of tens of millions of dollars, and B, he is not giving up. He is the most strong-willed individual I have ever seen. He is the only person I've ever seen uh, who behaves like an MMA fighter when it comes to being attacked. And i got to tell you, not everybody else could have been able, and I think Donald Trump is the first person who has ever been able to say, bleep you with regard to money and bleep you with regard to trying taking him down. He never gives up. And I got to tell you, uh, I doubt that people like Nikki Haley or Mike Pence, they would wither under such criticism. And they certainly could not uh, handle the demands of the legal system being used as a weapon against them. I think that makes Donald Trump uniquely powerful and and a unique outsider and makes him perfect for the role of the leader of a movement and not as a candidate. Exactly, sir. Exactly. And it's not really the movement. He stands for what we all stand for. Yes. You know, to have our country thought of as first, to have gas prices down so that we're not paying every penny at the pump to try to just go to work and come home. You know, I mean... The food prices weren't through the roof when he yeah, was listen, in office. But they listen, were when I, Obama was in office. And I got to... 
I got it. I got to run. I apologize. I'm against a hard break in a strange studio. <laughs> uh, let's take a break. You are listening to The Rob Carson Show. Like the show? You can help by subscribing and leaving a five-star review on both Apple and Spotify. It's free. Big news from the app world. Millions have downloaded the Newsmax app. It's one of the most popular apps on both iPhones and Android devices. Plus, it's free. So go to your app store now and you'll get easy access to Newsmax.com for top news. Plus, you can watch Newsmax TV anytime, anywhere. And remember to sign up for app notifications so you never miss a breaking news alert from Newsmax. Download the free app now. Takes just seconds. Newsmax TV. Watch us anytime, anywhere. You are about to hear the most interesting, informative, thought-provoking, opinion-leading, and funny show in America, on air and on the World Wide Web. This is The Rob Carson Show. This would be Hour 3 of The Rob Carson Show as we broadcast from Concord, New Hampshire. The uh, Pulse of New Hampshire. A cluster of marvelous radio stations, WTSN, WTPL, WEMJ. And I want to say to the uh, staff and management of the uh, cluster of radio stations, it's an honor to be here. And um, uh, I had mentioned in a video that I, I made yesterday and posted on social media, if you could have told me three years ago that I would be flown to New Hampshire to meet with Vivek Ramaswamy and interview presidential candidates and and uh, and and come to the heart and soul of uh, American uh, politics with regard to primary politics, I would have said there's no way. But uh, we've been invited, um, and uh, and uh, I'm representing Newsmax and my show, and uh, it's just an honor to be here. It really is a, a guest of Benny Media here, and and to uh, if you missed, uh, check out the podcast today. Go to go to uh, Newsmax.com/slash/listen. You'll hear the interview we did with uh, with Nikki Haley. You'll hear the interview uh, that we did with a bunch, several interviews. Uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, of course. Um, and uh, just just uh, check out the podcast, and uh, I think you'll enjoy it. Now, I did the interview with Nikki Haley with uh, Jack Heath leading the interview. We did these during his show, and I wanted to. Uh, he invited me in to be a part of the interview. It's hard to do one show and then do the Rob Carson show next. So I participated in the interviews. And and I played by uh, Jack's rules. Jack's rules with regard to presidential candidates is more like, uh, uh, you know, uh, Marcus of Queensbury rules. I'm more the MMA fighter. So I, you know, I tempered and I listened to Mike Pence. And, uh, and, and here is the interview with Mike Pence. We started off asking him the question because uh, Mike Pence has in the last, well, the last 24 hours said essentially that he sided with the Constitution and not necessarily with Donald Trump with regard to these indictments. And he has essentially uh, said that uh, uh, DOJ malfeasance be damned, uh, Donald Trump must be held accountable. So here we asked him what he uh, meant by he chooses the Constitution. Can you elaborate on that and what you and you, you know the, the whole role in, in certifying the election? You chose the Constitution. What do you mean by that? Well, look, I, I, I can't say whether the government can make a criminal case. And as you said, the president's entitled, as every American is, to a presumption of innocence. 
but on January 6th and the days before, President Trump was wrong. I, I had no right to overturn the election. And as I said when I announced, and I've said to you before, Jack, the American people deserve to know on January 6th, former President Trump demanded that I choose between him and the Constitution. But I chose the Constitution, and I always will. Look, the Constitution is very clear about the role of the vice president in the counting of electoral votes. It essentially says that, that the, uh, the vice president should preside over a joint session of Congress. Check it out, Article 2, Section 1, Clause 3. It says the vice president, as president of the Senate, shall, in the presence of the Senate and the House, open all the certificates and the votes shall be counted. Uh, I had no right to overturn the election. I had no right to reject or return votes. And the president was wrong to ask me to do it. And as I said, anyone who puts himself over to the Constitution should never be president of the United States. And anyone who asks someone else uh, to put them over their oath to the Constitution should never be president again. But I, I will also tell you that, uh, you know, uh, the, one, of the, one of the tragic aspects of all of this is that is that with today's headlines and, and this ongoing mm -hmm. excitement, it just means that uh, uh, over the next year we're going to be talking more about the past than about the future. Right. We're going to be talking more <laughs> about January 6th than we are about the catastrophically failed policies right. of the Biden administration. It's one of right. the reasons why I was at the Indiana State Fair talking about right. the issue of inflation. And when I'm in New Hampshire, we're going to be talking about what, what families are struggling with. But last thought, Jack. Our, our, our country is more important than any one man. Our Constitution right. is more important than any one man's career. Right. And uh, I'll always hold to that view, and I'll always believe that I did my duty that day. Real quickly, I'm going to ask this uh, Rob Carson, Newsmax, sitting in on the show, and they're doing the show from here today nationally, Mike Pence. Hey, I, 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 hey, hold, hey, on, hold on, before I bring in Rob. <laughs> Rob Rob's going to get a few moments here yeah. with you. But this, is a, this yeah. goes to the heart of Mike Pence's Jack Still. This goes to the heart of what I want to ask you. You just said yeah. three or four times... No one is bigger than the Constitution. No one right. man is bigger than this. You have, you know, modest mid-country roots. Uh, you have a couple, a son-in-law and a son in the military. You seem to be modest and humble, and some would say too decent to be president. Let me ask you this question. Are you saying indirectly, Mike Pence, on a day with this historic arraignment this afternoon, that your former boss, Donald Trump, has a character issue when it comes to being president again on him his own ego or what are you saying when you say no one may can you elaborate on that well i'm saying this matter is now going to be before the courts and i can't say whether the government can can make a criminal case here uh, beyond a reasonable doubt of whether the president committed crimes on that day but i i have to tell you for the last two and a half years i've heard the former president uh, and his allies say over and over again that i had the right to overturn the election that i had the authority unilateral authority uh, to reject or return votes that, that that frankly no vice president in american history had ever asserted and the american people would never want any one person to have look the presidency belongs to the american people jack and to the american people alone uh and and i know the founders of this country uh, so well celebrated in new england right. with all the great memories there the founders of this country would never have vested any one person with the right to choose the American president. I stood on that principle. I know we did the right thing. Mm. Uh, and we'll, you know, we'll let what happens in the courts that starts today right. play out. Uh, but right. uh, but I, I want the American people to know 
uh, straight up from me that President Trump was wrong in what he asked me to do that day. I had no authority, and I believe by God's grace, I, I did my duty under the Constitution. And if I have the privilege of being president of the United States, they can always count on the fact that uh, that we'll keep our oath to the Constitution. Uh, Mr. Benson, first of all, I, I, uh, it's nice to meet you, finally. I've been uh, following politics for a number of years. First time I've had a chance to talk to you. But which of those 80 charges, Thanks, which of those 80s charges uh, do you suppose are going to be uh, credible enough to prevent Donald Trump from running for the president? Because y- you haven't recognized the fact that it, it, it very much appears that the Department of Justice is completely... Uh, biased against Donald Trump, and this is an attempt to keep him from running. Do, do you want to comment on that at all? With all of the charges that, that suddenly, all of these indictments that pop up after an exposition of something that the Bidens did come up, how can you ex- explain yeah. to me how the Justice Department immediately responds with an indictment? Yeah, Rob, I can't believe you just said that I've never acknowledged the politicization of the Justice Department. I didn't say that today. I, I just said I today. I didn't say in the past. I just said Rob. today. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, let me answer. Please. Let me answer. When yeah. I was in the Trump-Pence administration, I actually was in part a target and investigated during the phony Russia hoax. I spent $500,000 in legal fees for two and a half years. I stood loyally by the president every way. I, I fought against the Democrats in Congress when they impeached the president for a phone call. I called out that absurd indictment in New York, and a year ago I denounced uh, the uh, raid on the president's home in Mar-a-Lago the first time in history. Look, I, I take no issue with the fact that we've seen a weaponization of the Department of Justice. It's, mm-hmm. the, it's the reason why I, I, when I'm president of the United States, I promise you, we're not just going to have a new attorney general, new FBI director. I said I'm going to clean house on the whole seventh floor Good. of the Justice Department, uh-huh. and we're going to put men and women in those positions that are respected on both sides of the aisle for their integrity and their commitment to the rule of law. But uh, but I would say, look, I, I don't know whether or not the government has the ability in this case uh, to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that a crime occurred, Rob. But uh, I just want the American people to know that I did my duty that day and that President Trump was wrong in saying that I had some a right to overturn the election. That okay. was completely false. He continues to repeat it. His yeah. allies in the media continue to repeat it, and I'm not going to stand for it. Well, I, I wasn't actually talking about that. I'm, I mean, you've made it clear your thoughts on that, and that's fine. I won't dispute your beliefs with regard to uh, January the 6th. I'm just curious as how it's you... It's belief. You, it's the law, Rob. It's uh, the law okay. and the history uh, of this country. That's fine. Um, but what what about these latest four charges? Uh, did, did they change your mind? Well, no. I, look, I reviewed the indictment. Frankly, I learned things reading the indictment. I, I didn't know about the extent of uh, efforts to recruit what amounted to fake electors. Look, we have a system in this country where um, where states certify elections and uh, uh, state governments, uh, you know, verify who the electors are. Where there are challenges, you can go to court. We brought more than sixty lawsuits, all of which I supported to challenge the appointment of electors. And uh, apart from the fact that a riot ensued at the Capitol, I was fully prepared to make sure that every objection to any electoral votes from any states was heard. Obviously, that was overturned by the fact that uh, that people ransacked the Capitol, assaulted 150 police officers, and uh, uh, it, it was one of the tragic aspects. Uh, it pales in comparison to the 
the loss of life and the injuries that day. But uh, we, we didn't have the debate over voting irregularities, which I was very concerned about, Rob. But let me ask you. Look, can, I just can, I have to say, it's, you know, it's kind of on right now. I, mm. I look, the president reiterated again yesterday that he thought I had the power to overturn the election. Uh, that has no basis in law or history. Uh, and I intend to fight this out in the public square, and he can make his case in court. Well, I've been dying to ask you a couple of questions because I'm a Midwesterner. I'm from Iowa, by the way. Uh, first, of, mm. first, who makes the best uh, tenderloin pork sandwich, uh, Iowa or, uh, or Indiana? I intend to get to the bottom of it, but I have a heavy Hoosier bias, Rob. How about this? How about this? Can you eat an entire tablespoon of St. Elmo's horseradish sauce and not wince or, gla- or grab a glass of water? The answer to that would be no. Anything other than that would be completely false. All right, we're gonna, I've been there, bro. Oh, my God. Mike Pence, former vice president. I'm going to let you go on a busy, busy news day live on our primary printer. Coming to uh, New Hampshire this weekend, Mr. Pence will be uh, the guest at that uh, Polaris National Security event in Bedford yeah. Event Center Saturday. Before I let you go, Mr. Vice President, with Rob here, the only other question I want to ask you, and thanks for your time, um, Nikki Haley, we asked her, do you think Donald Trump should and needs to be on that debate stage, presuming you're one of the candidates later this month, yes or no? Absolutely. Look, nobody's entitled to the Republican nomination for president, and I think everybody's got to go out and earn it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I would, uh, I would look forward to having an opportunity not just to talk about the difficult circumstances of today, guys. Okay, and you all know where my stand is. And Rob, I, I mm-hmm. hope I was, I hope I was respectful. But, oh no, no, uh, I, I love the discussion. Look, I'm glad I, to talk I, to you about I it. I feel very strongly about yeah, yeah, this. Yeah. I'm going to be very plain about sure. it. But there are differences, Jack, that the president and I have since. We both left office. He's, you know, I'll talk to Morgan Ortega at, at that Polaris event in Bedford because I believe America's the leader of the free world. We got the former president and others shying away from that role, or walking away from fiscal responsibility. They're walking away from our most cherished values, especially the right to life. Uh, that's what I'm looking forward to debating: is, yeah, is right. our plan to turn this country back to conservative values and keeping the Republican Party on track on that mainstream conservative agenda. So you bet. I'd love to see him up there. You know, I like to say I've debated Donald Trump a thousand times, just never with the cameras on. All right, so that is the uh, interview with uh, Mike Pence. And um, my thoughts on that coming up, your thoughts as well. Welcome, 800-922-6680. We'll come back with that on the other side of this. This is the Rob Carson Show. It is Rob Carson, show broadcasting live from uh, Concord, New Hampshire, the pulse of New Hampshire. And uh, we just talked to Mike Pence. Now, I'm going to tell you again, this was not, we interviewed Mike Pence on a show that was not mine. All right. Uh, I, I let Mike have his say on, on these things, and I did not challenge him with regard to uh, well, some of the things he said, like, for instance, that this race is bigger than one man. Uh, Donald Trump's candidacy is not about Donald Trump to the Trump voter. It's about what Donald Trump stands for. Uh, They look at Donald Trump as the answer to the problems of Washington, D.C. They do not, unfortunately, look to Mike Pence for that. You will notice that Mike Pence, uh, and and thank him for coming on, but I never asked him about January the 6th. I he clearly is like we've got to drive home this point that I couldn't do anything about and I'm like buddy 
I I know it was about the indictment today, the BS indictment. Uh, he knows it's BS as much as anybody else. And this is where I have a real problem with Mike Pence. Because his former political ally as vice president, we know, is being abused by the legal system. It's been going on for seven years, including the years while he was the vice president. He knows it. But he has decided to give credence to yet another indictment in something that was exhausted by an impeachment and a week long or more, January the 6th, kangaroo court. That's... All of this has been answered, and right now, all that Jack Smith and his allies are doing is finding the man and finding the crime, digging through ancient statutes from the Civil War era to find something, because all he cares about is one count sticking, and he thinks that that's going to stop Donald Trump. It's not, and it's not going to stop his voters either, and the more they pursue this nonsense the more that Donald Trump will be empowered by it. So to say this is not about one man, it's about the country. It's never been about that. Most of us, I I would venture to say, I I was not on board with Donald Trump when he ran. I didn't get on board till a month or two before, and I realized what was happening. And then when he was elected, I went, yep, the right decision was made. This is not about one man. This is about the American people, the Trump movement, make America great again movement. And even Vivek Ramaswamy admitted that this morning to me when I talked to him. Great interview. Go to the podcast if you want to check it out. Newsmax.com slash listen. Uh, Let's see. We've got, uh, hold on, my phone is being weird. We have, hold on, uh, we have Monica in Baltimore. Hello, Monica. Welcome to the Rob Carson Show. Well, hello, and uh, I I agree with with almost everything you've said, first of all, I love Vivek Ramaswamy. Oh, my gosh. I think he is tremendous. He mm. would be my second choice if yes. it wasn't for Trump. Yes. And I wish he'd be with Trump. Yes. Um, I'm, I'm just very um, disappointed in Pence. Um, first of all, you know, uh, no, he, I, he wasn't, I think it, his, um, his present lawyer, you know, talked about he just wanted him to hold off on things, not to change anything. Listen, all we off. asked, all we asked was a hearing. That's all the American people, That's the right. million people who are in Washington D.C. They just wanted to slow it down so you could hear the yes. questions that we had about it, and it was ignored. I don't know if that was his fault particularly, but that's what the American people wanted. Nobody was there to overthrow the government. Nonsense. That's right, and and and, and I just think he's just he he wants to be a um, uh, you know he, he's running for president now, and he's being he's he's trying to make himself look better than he was. Yeah, all right. Thanks for the phone call. I do appreciate it. You know. Um, the the most impressive person that I've met uh, it, 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 running for president now uh, is is Vivek Ramaswamy, and uh, and I and I noticed him when he was a uh, when he was a pundit. I thought, man, this guy is on fuego. When he announced his candidacy, you know, I, I clearly thought long shot majorly. I still do. I, I, I you know, if I were gonna if I were gonna be a betting person, I would suggest certainly twenty twenty eight. Maybe this election cycle is not the, the cycle because it's so different. Would I like to see Ramaswamy as his? VP candidate? Oh, hell yeah! 
I think more than anybody right now who's pro- high profile in the GOP, uh, I think Ramaswamy would be the guy. And, and Ramaswamy, if he would do what I thought that DeSantis should have done, which would be to run with Donald Trump as a VP, study, become a student of that style of governance, then he passes the baton to you in 2028 to run again. That's what I wanted DeSantis to do, but he chose to do otherwise. Would it be a fantasy pick right now for Ramaswamy? Oh, hell yeah, because he gets it. He gets that it's not about Trump. It's about America first. Ramaswamy's the only other GOP candidate who knows that. He knows what's in your heart and my heart about the future of the country, and that's why he's awesome. And the other ones, they're just they're just checking in. Let's take a break and come back. You're listening to The Rob Carson Show. No crooked, crooked establishment. None of that twisting the truth. No talking down don't to me. Don't tell me how to think. Don't tell me how to don't think. Don't tell me how to think. I trust Newsmax. Newsmax. They don't tell, tell me how to think. think. They let, let me decide. Newsmax. Real news. For real people. So uh, very shortly, Donald Trump will be arriving in court again, this time in Washington, D.C., yet another kangaroo court. Uh, 95% of voters in Washington, D.C. voted for uh, Joe Biden. The reason why they are doing this is uh, because of that reason. Also, the judge has given money to the Obamas and has also worked, I believe, at the same uh, firm as Hunter Biden. So this is a joke. It's been a joke from the beginning. And if you don't believe me, just realize that these are charges 76 through 80. Yeah, there you go. So charges 76 through 80 are the latest charges against Donald Trump, uh, an America first candidate. And that's why most of the others are posers. Uh, Mike Pence, he, I don't believe he understands what beats in the heart of Americans who feel like the country has been assaulted. Do you, did you get that from him? Did he speak to your anger about the direction of the country? Did he speak that to you? Did he speak to you about what it's like to be censored for years on social media? Did he speak to you about all the abuses and usurpations that you and I have experienced, starting with, with uh, Barack Obama and the IRS destroying? the Tea Party movement and onward, and it's only gotten worse. Did Mike Pence, he, did he hit that with you? Did you go, yep, he's got it? No, he didn't. And neither did Nikki Haley. And certainly not Chris Christie, who has a snowball chance in hell. Not even that. Maybe a snowflakes chance in hell. I don't even know what could burn. Maybe a feather soaked in gasoline chance in hell of winning the presidency. Because he has no clue what you're going through. He has no clue what it's like to tell your family, you know, we got to shop at the dollar store now for our groceries because we can't afford the heating bill. No clue at all. And I got to tell you that Donald Trump speaks to the heart of that. That's the connection that people have with him because he did what he said he was going to do when he got to Washington, D.C. And I wonder if somebody like Mike Pence, Pence could do the same thing or if he would just be same old, same old. At the end of the interview, Mike Pence said, uh, I want to return us to the conservative GOP, blah, blah, blah. You know what that says to me? Same old, same old GOP. 
There's nothing that Mike Pence, there's nothing about Mike Pence. I'm not trying to make this an attack on Mike Pence. I'm, I'm talking about his politics and the politics of the grand old party, which have been misguided for many, 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 many years. And Donald Trump changed the party. So if you think you're going to be able to reel back in that and go back to the George Bush, Paul Ryan, you know, whoever of the, of the GOP, you're out of your nut. It's never going to work. And when he said that, that it's, it's about more than one man, it's about one. Well, what are you running for, Mike? I mean, honestly, are you the revolutionary figure or are you just doing it for yourself? Are you just doing it to check a box? I don't know. I see I didn't ask him those questions during the interview because, you know, it wasn't my interview. But these are questions that I would bring up with these candidates. The reason why, and I'll tell you what, another reason why Vivek Ramaswamy, who I spoke to for, I mean, I, I, I talked to him for an hour this morning. Three words that separate Donald Trump and Vivek Ramaswamy from the other candidates. Are you ready? He gets it. He gets it. He gets the feeling. He gets the sense of desperation and frustration and anger of the American voter, particularly the conservative American voter. And I might mention also the Democrat voter who feel like Washington, D.C. could give a rat's behind about them. And everything that this federal government has done, I mean, honestly, for, for years, has been about them and their allies and not about you and me. Not about you and me during COVID. Not about you and me in January the 6th. Not about you and me with the economy. Not about you and me with regard to government spending, out-of-control spending. Not about you and me. Not one little bit. He gets it. Donald Trump gets it. Vivek Ramoswamy gets it. I don't see that from anybody else, and I certainly don't see that from Chris Christie. And I, I was hoping we'd do an interview with Chris Christie today because I just wanted to ask, why are you doing this? He has no chance of winning at all. He knows it. I know it. Nobody thinks that Chris Christie could ever become the president of the United States. Why? Is it just to go after Donald Trump, or is it just about Chris Christie? I would venture to say 50-50 on both accounts. Let's go to Monica in Baltimore. Hello, Monica. Welcome to the Rob Carson Show. What's going on? Oh, I'm sorry. Let's go to Jason in Concord. Jason, how you doing, my friend? Welcome to the show. Hey, Rob. Nice to meet you, man. I'm uh, I'm on my way, actually, to Concord right now, hoping to Lovely. catch you before you leave the sh- studio. Um, I wanted to talk to you this morning. I just I, I thank God for people like you, people like Jack Keith, um, you know, with your common sense beliefs and, and being able to look at truth. Uh, truth yeah. is a big thing with me. Um, but one of the things that I keep hearing from people like Sununu and some of these rhinos is, you know, you've got to get off Trump because uh, he. you need somebody that's going to grow the party and Trump oh, can't grow the party and all this nonsense. And it's like, well, wait a minute. Wait, Sununu. Wait a minute. Sununu's going to grow the party. <laughs> well, any of them. Any, it's, it's a joke. And the thing that I, know. Me is, I just love I know. how you talked to Brad this morning. I yeah. just loved how you talked to Brad this morning and said, "Wait a minute. Who has grown the party with the blacks, with the browns more than Donald Trump?" Yeah. Yeah. Nobody. Yeah. That 
That was an interesting uh, that was an interesting discussion this morning on Jack Heath's uh, show, and and you'll have to remind me who that guy was uh, because we had a lively Brad discussion. Card. It was what Brad Card. He, yeah, he's, and, he's a he's a regular contributor on Jack's show. Yeah, you know, I don't I don't know the man. I don't you yeah. know, but every time I listen to him talk, he he, he just talks with so much anti-Trump rhetoric and. Yeah. And all these leftist talking points and just... They don't, listen, they don't understand, they don't understand the rabble. We're the rabble. The rabble is is in control of the GOP now. The rabble, the the patriotic rabble, the refuse of the two-party system. We're the ones who are guiding that. And if you're not going to be a part of the rabble, then get out of the way. Because anything you do that that what that takes the GOP back to the Paul Ryan uh, version of the GOP or the Mitt Romney wing of the GOP, which apparently, and I, I don't know Sununu, but it sounds like that's the way he leans. It, this is all about, I think, a lot of elitism, a lot of country club Republicans we thought left the party when Ronald Reagan took over, but they're still there. They've just got different last names, and they hate Donald Trump because he's lowbrow, and he's part of this rabble, and, and we have things a certain way in Washington, D.C., and he upsets the apple cart. And that's what I get from establishment Republicans. I agree, and I just want to say thank you, brother. I thank you. Keep speaking the truth, and I will keep listening to your show. I absolutely love it. Well, listen, if you're around the station, uh, stop by if you're in the area. I'm going to be off here shortly and, you know, whatever. Uh, but, but yeah, you know, I'd love to meet you, and I appreciate you listening, and I, I hope you enjoy the show. I hope you enjoy what we bring from the center of the country into this glorious, uh, this glorious cluster of radio stations. All right, brother. Well, I'll see you soon. All right, bro. Talk to you. Talk to you. Very good. Uh, let me see here. We got I'm, my phone, of course. I'm, I'm having Darlene. Darlene! Hello, Darlene and Balmer. How are you? Hi there, Rob. Um, I, I agree with the woman that previously talked to you, how she was disgusted with Mike Pence yeah. and agreed with everything you said. I consider Mike Pence to be about as legitimate as 1% above Christie <laughs> yeah, and yeah, as yeah. shallow as Mitt Romney was. Yeah, I do. I do uh, feel that kind of Romney GOP vibe yeah, from Mike Pence, kind of the uptight, white-haired, uh, yeah. you know, Mar- Marcus of Queensbury rules Republican who would never lower themselves to the more, you know, that kind of thing. I think that the one thing that Donald Trump has as a fault is he trusts people. Yeah, and I think he should have been wiser in picking his candidate or his, uh, you know partner to run that the yeah. last presidency well i think he had a lot of people whispering in his ear about how things should be i think he had a lot of wolves in uh, in uh, sheep's clothing uh, surrounding him uh i think that a lot of people were telling me you got to go with pence because this and this and electorally this and that and all of that uh, i don't think that's going to happen again with with donald trump to be quite honest i really think he could give a rat's behind less about what the punditry has to say about which state they should pick I think he's going to he think he's going to go with somebody who has to uh, believe what he believes about America first. Right now, that only the only person in the race. And by the way, the other night he hinted you might be seeing his VP during the debates. The only person that I can think of would be Vivek Ramaswamy. I will be disappointed if it's Tim Scott. Yes, I agree. Um, and one thing I have to say, I am seventy six years old. I lost Lovely. my job two years ago. I know it was because of my age, but that's not what they told me. They told me I was incompetent, which is crap. Whatever, yeah. And and I. You don't sound incompetent. No, and I don't feel, <laughs> and I don't. Even, look, I'll be seventy-seven in October. 
Very good. Um, I don't feel like I'm in my 70s. I feel more like I'm in my late 40s or early 50s, and I pretty much think that way. And I think that probably is why I got fired, because they didn't like the fact that I could still think for myself. Amen. <laughs> you know, the thing is also, and I'll tell you, we were having a discussion earlier, and, and I didn't become a talk radio host until I was in my 50s. Really? Uh Early 50s. Uh, 49. 49 was my first gig doing talk radio. And and uh, I respect the Institute of Talk Radio, and I would not have taken this mic had I not felt I was prepared to take this microphone, because I'm in the same time slot as Rush Limbaugh, uh, uh, and, and I'm nationally uh, syndicated and hopefully growing. So, uh, But the, the, it's amazing what l- time on the planet means with regard to perspective, common sense, uh, you become very crystal clear, and uh, unfortunately, liberals never get better. No. <laughs> Conservatives, well, and, we get better with age. <laughs> I sort of compare Donald Trump to Rush Limbaugh in the sense that they both truly love the country, no matter what their status in the world is. They and and by the, the way, Donald Trump has taken abuse like no other for it's seven horrible. years. Rush Limbaugh did it for 33. Yes. And he still maintained optimism, and he still, he left the planet number one. Yeah. Well, we were in good shape when he passed away. Well, you don't think that uh, his uh, departure, uh, if you don't think that his departure meant that uh, the left decided to take the country in this direction, that didn't have something, you know, that that played a part in it. Because Rush Limbaugh is a very powerful, influential man, and they, I believe, saw it as an opening. Uh, that and the the election of 2020 to really, you know, put their pedal to the metal on this Marxist nonsense. And one of the things that I really like about Donald Trump is that he says what a lot of us are saying, but we don't have the platform to say it on, nor do we have the knowledge to get it out there. Yes, exactly. One of the reasons I really like him. And he he says he's going to do. I don't think you're you're incompetent. I think you're awesome, and I thank you for the phone call. Well, thank you very much, and you have a great evening. You have a great evening. Um, I tell you what, let's take... Tell Alan and Dundalk to hold on. I want to talk to Alan next. I don't want to run up against a hard break and have to cut him off and all that stuff. So, Alan, you hold on a second. We're going to take a break. We will be right back. You are listening to The Rob Carson Show. It is a Rob Carson show. I think before we go any further, we need a uh, a little palate cleanser about Jack Smith, the corrupt prosecutor. This is Jim Gossett. Indicting Trump for no good reason. Jack Smith should be charged with treason. The DOJ should force Jack to resign. I'm going to do the uh, low harmony coming up here. For crossing the line, crossing the line, line. See? Jack Smith's causing great division, trying to put Trump in prison. Let's put him there! Sleepy Joe don't even face a fine. Jack. For crossing the line, crossing the line, line. Crossing the line, crossing the line, line. (laughs) Joe took more. Hey! Documents on him. Yeah. He didn't even lock the door, but he doesn't face time. Don't forget the Penn Biden Center in Chinatown. The line, the and line. the storage unit that Hunter owned. And 
crossing the line. Other than that, the they're, they're perfectly fine. That Joe Biden, crossing yeah, he's line, legitimately the, the great president and all of that. Uh, no, he's not. Not we are uh, being led by the most corrupt individual in the history of the country. How do I know this? Because I've been on the planet for fifty-seven of those years, and I've been following politics for more than half of that. And uh, please. There's really no... Listen, you've got a president of the United States whose family has gotten tens of millions of dollars from our adversaries, uh, and the only reason they got the money was proximity to Joe Biden. And if you don't believe me, look at the damn bank records. Okay? Really? Honestly? That MSNBC is more focusing on a faux indictment than the biggest political scandal in... United States, if not world history, is uh, it gives you an idea where the press is and how they have forsook the marvelous First Amendment to pursue uh, political nonsense. All right, I got uh, one more call. Alan and Dudnalk. Alan, welcome to the Rob Carson Show. What's up, my friend? Hey, Rob. Uh, first off, don't let the ID10T plus S crowd get to you. Uh, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> that way, you know who. That way, you know who you're talking to. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, how, Rob, how many times have you seen, how many people have you seen completely destroyed by an out-of-control DOJ with deep pockets and no sense of responsibility? Well, yeah, that's, and that's what they want to do to the IRS as well, by the way. That is the, that is the number one thing. They will destroy you financially. If yes. they can't get you any other way, they'll destroy you financially. Yes. So I have a little remedy. What is I that? I propose the reciprocity and re- recompense legislation. Okay. Now, the reciprocity and recompense legislation is for people who are convicted, or not convicted, but accused of nonviolent paper process crimes who are found not guilty. Those people, those victims, should be able to sue the DOJ at the expense of the DOJ oh, and I love the that. prosecutor for recompense. For recom- uh, recompense yes. and damages. Yes. Whereas the DOJ and the prosecutor personally is liable. The prosecutor who takes on this case, knowing it's yes. bogus, is personally liable for part of those damages to make this victim whole again. Yeah, I agree. Now, I agree completely. Word, you got you got to wrap this up in about thirty DOJ. seconds. Go ahead. Here's the words of the DOJ: Get yes. your ducks in line. Because yes. if this goes through Congress, I know congressmen are listening to you. If this actually hits Congress, you're in deep trouble. It would be nice if we had a, a way to go after an out-of-control DOJ when they wreck your lives. Donald Trump has already spent 50, 60, 70 million dollars of his own money on nonsense, particularly uh, maybe even defense against the allegations that of Russia collusion, which proved to be absolutely false. It was a giant lie. That's why we can't trust anybody. That's why we can't trust anybody in this iteration of the DOJ. Everything negative about Joe Biden is true, and everything negative about Donald Trump is uh, is false, and every allegation they have about Donald Trump is false. Uh, but that's a, that's a great idea. Alan, I appreciate the phone call, man. Have a great, uh, have a great day. Hope you're enjoying the show. Hope you're enjoying the show from uh, 
from uh, here in lovely Concord. Um, again, I want to remind you, if you if you want to check out the podcast for today, we did have uh, Ramaswamy on. We had uh, Nikki Haley on today. We had Mike Pence on today. And, uh, and, and th- th- this is a, a departure from what I do generally. Uh, because we're here in New Hampshire, and New Hampshire is the epicenter, and it's fascinating to me. It's 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 a really fascinating time. I lived in Washington D.C. for a dozen years, and uh, and it's it's rarely that you see a a radio cluster that uh, that attracts the firepower that uh, that a D.C. in the heart of the beast. Uh, attracts and 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 they do this here at uh, Benny Media and the uh, the Pulse of New Hampshire. So pretty uh, pretty amazing. Um, Brian, how close are we to the break here? I'm I'm looking at the clock. Should should I break now? I'm gonna break now. I'm gonna break now. Take a break and come back. This is the Rob Carson Show. Hey guys, it's Carson. If you don't know already, I am live noon to three Eastern Standard Time on talk radio stations across the country and the replay of every show is available everywhere you find podcasts. Make sure to check out my TV show on Newsmax called Rob Carson's What in the World? And above all, don't catch the stupid. Stupid, stupid. 